0: You're listening to Everybody Eats, where we sit down with the best and brightest hustlers, entrepreneurs, go-getters, and professionals.
1: Join us as we create the ultimate network and change the business narrative from the ground up. All right, let's let's do
2: it.
0: Welcome back, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. It's your host Bensky Belazer. We got Eden EP here, and we have a really special guest. We got a really good one for you today, Mr. James Young. So, thank you very much for joining us today. I look forward to having the conversation.
2: Thanks, Bensky, for having me. I appreciate it. And need welcome
0: sure for sure so before we start make sure that you like subscribe share with your friends um like and subscribe our videos on youtube uh make sure you're sharing um we're giving out free games so make sure you guys are doing that on our social medias instagram everybody eats dot pod twitter ebepod so make sure you like just like subscribing sharing and all that good stuff um I'm Yeah. Tongue twister. Right. (laughs) Um, And again, I'm going to
2: write all that stuff down.
0: (laughs) 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 I say it a lot, so I get used to it. (laughs) Um, But again, got a shout out to Sosa for the Everybody Eats merch. Right. So we got them embroidered Everybody Eats shirt. So we've been displaying them in the last couple episodes. So we got um, we got another one here. So again, shout outs to Sosa for making that. Um, And he made uh, Edom's hoodie as well. If you want to show that real quick. Eden's brother hoodie right hey, brother. Bro- hoodie with the silk on the hood so you know we always got to shout out Sosa for um, helping out with our merch all right um, on that note uh, Mr. Young if you could introduce yourself where are you from what do you do I know you have a really interesting backstory um, I believe you say you grew up in Newark New Jersey um, and I know yeah you have a really interesting backstory so I know that people want to listen so if you could get started and we'll keep the conversation rolling I hate to start off by correcting you,
2: <laughs> um, but not I'm originally from Brunswick, New Jersey. Bronze, okay, um, there we go. I used to live in North for a couple of years, but I'm originally from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Got it, got it. And I've been down here in Norfolk for most of my adult life, so most of the last 30 years. I came down here originally um, way back in 1988 mm. when um, I was a young guy in the Navy, mm. and so I, at the time, I definitely did not. I thought I was doing my three years here, and then I was gone, and I actually did go back home. I've gone back home a couple of times, um, but I ended up moving here and staying here most of my life. Um, So that's where I started. I guess started in the Navy, and then um, I went to Norfolk State, graduated from Norfolk State in 1997 with a bachelor's degree in accounting, and I also have a MBA from Old Dominion, which graduated from Old Dominion in 2006. As you get older, you have to think a little bit harder <laughs> about, um, when you graduated from these kind of things. Um, but I, right now, I'm working on my master's in accounting, which I'm three classes away. And so I'm taking two of them this semester, and hopefully I'll be able to pick one up in the summertime, and I'll be done with that mm-hmm. so that I can, um, I'm going to talk it. I'm going to speak it, so I'll achieve it. Um, but I want to start my doctorate at ODU in the fall. Ooh, and so I'm going to say my doctor, i having trouble deciding between um, strategic management and between uh, finance. And so I figured I'll go ahead and do both, maybe. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. you know, One after the other, but we'll see how it works. Um, but I started my accounting career, because that's where I primarily am. Is it okay if I just talk? Yeah, go ahead. If you want to interrupt me, interrupt me, because I can, I can talk. Um, <laughs> But I started my accounting career in 1997, worked for Arthur, uh, Arthur Anderson in New York. Um, then I came back down here after a couple of years and I worked for a company called Strickland Jones, which still exists now, uh, Jones PC Group, but as a smaller accounting firm. So I almost literally went from working to from the, working for the world's largest accounting firm to working to a very small accounting firm. Um, but then after four years in public accounting, I decided to try something different. And that's when I went to a, cap- to a capital group, which is where... Uh, Um, we met, and so I worked there for 17 years uh, as a mutual fund accountant, um, working doing all kinds of different things in the um, financial reporting section uh, for mutual funds. And then now I'm working for CLP Financial Group. I'm the vice president of the accounting and tax division CLP Financial Group, and I'm also a financial advisor at CLP Financial Group, and I'm what's called an investment advisor representative. And so I do financial planning, I do investment management, and I also can sell insurance and annuities. Um, but then also I, have, uh, I run another firm, which is owned by me, which is now branded as CLP Audit and Insurance Company, which is a full service CPA firm through which we do audits, um, compilations, reviews, and things like that. Uh, for CLP financial group, we also do tax returns. We do bookkeeping. We do all kinds of business advisory services, and that's something that's actually a growing area for right now—business um, advisory services. Because you know we've done PPP loans and stuff like that, just trying to help people get the crisis um, and helping people in general. Um, I'm a married man, happily married man. I got a couple of twins. They're 21. They just turned 21 last week. So I'll just say last week was an interesting. A weak from the parental perspective. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you gotta learn to let go a little bit. Um, so that was interesting. And just by, you know, it's kind of weird because they're college students and I'm a college student. <laughs> I'm sure they probably it's like a movie, right? I think it was Rodney Dangerfield or something like that. We went, back, we went back to high school, I think. So um but that's me and I wouldn't say a nutshell, maybe an eggshell. A little bit bigger <laughs> than a nutshell. God, God. <laughs> That's funny. So um,
0: I'm I'm interested. So when I first when I think when I first met you, um, it was through our friend Candace. I know that she said that um, used to do a lot of work at NSU, um, mm-hmm. or yeah, used to do some work at NSU regarding NABA. Right. So Edom and I we were part of NABA, so we always shout out NABA. Um, so. Um, I'm interested, were you a part of NABBA when you originally at NSU, or was that something that you got into, like, maybe during your professional career?
2: Yeah, no, so I was in NABBA when I was at Norfolk State, Norfolk State, so before I went to Norfolk State, I went to two different community colleges, because I moved a couple of times, um, and I, I first joined NABBA in Norfolk State, and then I think I stayed in NABBA like the first year after, um, but I, after that, I didn't participating in that for a really long time. So probably almost 20 years I didn't participate in that. Mm. And then I guess I just kind of got the bug. I think what happened is I, I got to a point in life where I started wanting to do more different things. Right. And one of the things that uh, I guess this is this is where it really started. right? Um, I was interested in why there wasn't more why well, there weren't more African-American males in right? Right. Um, And so I actually wanted to talk to somebody. And the answer they gave me was basically that they would interview people. And you know a lot of them just didn't make the cut, because it wasn't like there was none. But you know a lot of them didn't make the cut because of cultural fit issues. Right? Now, I always like to note, because here in Hampton Roads, and I'm not sure about the other part of the country, but, um, you know, I was the first African American male in the front of the county department. Mm. So we joke sometimes, about they're phasing us in, right? It's just a joke. So nobody get mad if you know somebody's <laughs> watching this. Nobody get mad because it's a joke. You know me. I guess if you're watching this and you work at Calvin, you have a sense of humor, right? So I'm just um, but there are others, you know, now obviously there are others, right? But we when when he he said that to me, cultural fit, I, I see some merit in that, right? In the sense that you know, a lot of us come from backgrounds where we've never been exposed to profession. Mm. And so maybe we don't necessarily know, when we go to an interview, we don't know that we're presenting a certain image or, or not, right? Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, it's a very subjective concept. You know, what, what does cultural fit really mean? And sometimes you can have like a, pre, a pre-existing a bias that makes you see something that's not there. It's almost like if they don't act the way you will expect them to. And you are gonna take an opinion about that. And so what I decided to do is I wanted to work on those kind of issues. And so I wanted to go and work with young African Americans to help prepare them to avoid that cultural type scenario. So when you when you went through your job and when you get yourself ready for you know to beat, able to even get an interview. But then after you get the interview, when you get there you you conduct yourself in a way that's unimpeachable. And you don't give out any kind of signals or you know, anything like that where somebody might be able to judge you in that, that way. Um, you can be whoever you want to be when you're outside of work. That's your business, right? And I mean, actually, I'm not necessarily, I've changed over years, you know? Like we talked about where I'm from, you know? So obviously I didn't grow up speaking the way I speak now and things like that. Um, but you have to model yourself a certain way, conduct yourself a certain way when you're in that environment. And so that's how I got into Nava. So I went and I started working with them because I know when I worked, when I was in Nava as a student, we didn't have a lot of con- a, a lot of contact with the um, professionals. And that's because I didn't realize this at the time, but the professional captains were highly concentrated in the Richmond. And down here in Hampton Roads, you know, there wasn't really one. You know, and, you know, we've tried to work on that in the last before, pandemic Hit. we were working on that but that's how i got into it trying to serve that role and so i i do go to campuses even before i did even have, i would still do things on the campuses as far as speaking, stuff. Like that. but right now i'm the um for the whole state of virginia i'm the um, student professional liaison for the student chapters but i'm not very good at it because mm-hmm. of the uh the pandemic has completely thrown me with that kind of thing because it's like i'm more of a you know, a lot of times with older people, you know, we're like we we're contacting, you know, and so I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm doing very well <laughs> right now. So I think I still have the job, but that could turn out to be different, right? Maybe I've been replaced and just don't realize it. Yeah, I'm just being again, I'm being honest, right? Um, but yeah, because I think that's very important. That, you know, people for one, you have to be able to believe that you can do it, right? And there's a perception out there that. Um, you can't do it, especially for us men, right? That mm-hmm. you, you can't do it. And I read a book, um, I don't think I have it here, but it's like the history of African-American CPAs. And you know, quite, fr- quite frankly, there was a time when we couldn't do it because they wouldn't let us do it, right? And even when we were in situations where um, we were legally able to do it or able to do it without, without prejudice crushing us, it was hard for us to be to sustain it, because there weren't a lot of clients for us to work with. Like a lot of African American CPAs, this one of the things they used to have is like, well, they still do like the experience requirement. And because you know, even you get through school and graduate with an accounting degree, it was hard to meet that experience requirement because you couldn't get a job. And then trying to be an independent CPA was hard too because there weren't a lot of black-owned businesses that that would do business with you. Yeah. And uh. so, that's something I've been trying to um, to work on and here. Now that I'm working at CLP Financial, which is a black-owned company, um, you know, we most of our clients are also there, right? and so that's kind of a, it's just natural. It's not necessarily something that, like, when I go to work every day, I I don't say, "Oh, I'm going to work because you know I want to help necessarily build up a black community." It's just that my that's what my clients want, and so it's like I don't even have to think about it. Yeah, because everybody that I help. 90% of them are African American. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: You centered your work around that kind of. Yeah. And so yeah. That's, that's where I'm in, which is unusual for me because most of my career I've spent working in predominantly um, white establishments. Yeah. Um, and so now this is actually the uh, first time I've actually worked in this environment. And so it does have that added impact that, you know, on the one hand, I'm, I'm making money, but on the other hand, I'm actually helping a lot of people that are like me. And that are you know trying to build up our community. No definitely I think I
0: think that's uh, that's amazing because um one you know I, I didn't know a lot of that. that that book sounds really interesting um yeah so just a just a couple points one you kind of said something uh you, you said kind of like preparing students you know to get into that interview process um the first thing that kind of came to my head is sometimes like you don't know what you don't know you know it was like you know um for example like myself just as an example for before joining NABA, like interview skills resume skills all that stuff i had no clue you know what i'm saying like i didn't even realize that i didn't even know what that stuff was i didn't know like certain terminology i didn't know um you know even like dress code right like i just knew like what a suit was but just you know just simple like how to prepare yourself and how to present yourself um so that's one reason obviously you know i love NABA but because it prepared me but you know, again, like if you don't grow up in that type of environment, if you don't have those type of mentors, if you don't have those type of companies coming to your school or what have you, you know, you're not going to know, you know. So even if you are presented the opportunity, like say maybe you do get that interview, you know, I guess that's where you say maybe that like cultural, you know, incompatibility or whatever you want to call it, because you may not, even though you may get your foot in the door, so to speak, you still may not know how to, um, I guess you could say present yourself, you Run know, yourself, that's yeah. kind of like our, our, you know.
2: So, yeah, and there are tales, and it's not even just for—it's um, not even just African American students because it's really about where you're from. Yeah, you're a college student, right? You can be a—you can be a European descended person. You have those same issues because everybody in your family is blue collar. Yeah, yeah, true, you true. Know? Yeah. And so it's, you're the first one to go to college, and then you—you know—you have those same issues. And sometimes you're right—you don't know. You think you're good. There's a picture of me that I took when I was in the Navy, but I had on a blazer, right? And I went over to the exchange and I took a picture because I had, and when you're in the Navy, you do a lot of things you wouldn't otherwise do because what else are you going to do with your time and money, right? Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm going to go take a headshot, right? And so I took a picture and I got a brand new suit jacket. It was a blazer, right? At least I knew not to wear a suit jacket. Oh, maybe it's just luck. In any case, I'm sitting there and I still got the picture, right? I'm sitting there, I'm looking off offline and everything, but I still have the label from my jacket. <laughs> because I didn't grow up wearing suits and I didn't know you were supposed yeah, to take it, it off. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> highlight, like, you know, I'm sitting there showing so everybody can see it in the picture. And 30 years later it's funny, you know, yeah. but I'm sure some people are going, like, this guy has no idea what he's doing, you know. And so you don't want to walk in an interview like that. You know, so that's one of the main things that we do in that when we're trying to prepare students for the interview, but because you know we have that big conference every year. We're trying to prepare you so you know, don't do this. You know, this is what you do, this is how you conduct yourself. And sometimes, even when you know, a lot of times, um, especially for younger people, right? Because I see it with my kids, and I was the same way when I was younger, too. You know, you're not supposed to do something, but you either don't realize how prominent it is that you're doing something wrong, and also you don't realize how unacceptable it is. So you might know, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's not a big deal. Like, for instance, that you go to, go to a job conference and you're wearing white socks your suit, right? You know you're not supposed to wear white socks you your suit. But you don't know how huge of a deal it is. You're like, well, why is that a big deal I got on white right suit? They should not hire me just because I got on white right socks. That's what you're going to say to yourself, right? Whereas the recruiter is going to look and say, that guy has on white right socks that's crossing the road, right? If mm-hmm. you don't realize that's going to be an impact, you're like, I got on white right socks. No big deal. I got a 3.5 GPA
1: not dress
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's those little things yeah it's like
1: yeah (laughs) did you ever find that uh during your years um working with nava that it was always uh a cultural fit or or was it you know sometimes did you say there's that uh bias
2: every time oh oh so you asked me just not within that there's a problem but just the time I was working with that, but did I realize that was the issue? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was a teenager, when I was in college, no, when I was a student, I didn't realize. Like, I just was thinking, um, and I still believe this to a large extent, that, you know, we just are gradually increasing our participation in these things, right? And that over time, it will get better. And I still believe that because it's been true. Um, but then when I you know started thinking about what is it that is the obstacle, that's when I decided to go back to NABA. And originally, to be honest with me, I started thinking about creating my own organization first because NABA wasn't really um, in the Rose as much from my experience, right? But then I said, well, let me, I guess I just, from time to time I had played with rejoining NAVA. but like so many other people I look and say, oh, I gotta pay. You know that's a that's an obstacle for some people. Right, I gotta pay, but then I'm thinking, you know, if I'm talking about uh, creating my own organization, why don't I look at NABA again and see how they're doing? And to be honest, when I joined, the people that were running the program um, were really doing a good job. I mean, I think when I joined, the people I worked with with the most um, was Andrea and Christine. Um, I don't want to put their names out there. I guess they're not nice, but um They were doing a great job with the students, so that just inspired me. Like this is the right thing to do, and I just wanted to do more. They don't do as much as I would like to do, but it's more a factor of how much time I have um, to do certain things. I mean, because I belong to any you know a a group of different organizations, so I can only devote so much time to uh, NABA. But when I saw the program that they were running for the students, I was impressed at that point. I wanted to. Because I mean, they can't be everywhere. There are only so many people. Um, I wish I were half as good as they are, or as they were. But um, that's what I was trying to do. They were already focusing on things that I wanted to focus on. So it's me just seeing that I could do the work that I wanted to do through that, instead of even trying to go through the process Um my own thing. They've been supportive. And as you guys know, because like I said before, the pandemic, we were starting to have meetings here in Hampton Roads. And we had a significant chunk you know, of people that we had attracted here in Hampton Roads. And so we were making traction. And so hopefully um, when the pandemic is over and we can start having face-to-faces again, um, it'll it'll be better. Like, I think, you know, if you're an existing organization, you can do well using virtual and things like that. But I think it's hard to build something from scratch. And that's kind of the phase we're still at. It came for us locally at the wrong time. Uh, But I think afterwards, it will probably still be back really should be two phases of that right one is a professional and one is a student i think they were doing great at the student level but here locally at a professional level we still have to.
0: no definitely i definitely definitely look forward to it i remember that uh one happy hour we had at waterside um just like meeting people people from richmond they came down um just for the night so i was like oh snap like they they really care like it's not it's not a quick job um, so definitely, I definitely remember that. So, uh, I look, I look forward to it, you know, um, and like you said, like most of it is located either like DC Richmond area, you know, either Northern Virginia or, um, Richmond. So Hampton roads, we do have, you know, HBCUs, we have Hampton, we have, uh, you know, NSU we've got OD with a big population. So there's definitely a lot of work, um, that can be done down here. So I definitely
2: look forward to it. Yeah, and that's good because really what I realized about these types of organizations they're only gonna be so vibrant if it's just, you know, older people. You know, to really have a really good um experience, then you're gonna to need to get the younger people involved. Yeah, for sure. Because people my age, you know, are not necessarily gonna go out to happy hours and you know, do all these social events. And a lot of times it's the social cohesion that drives the professional development, which is another aspect of it, and the networking event, because that's a lot of it, just getting to know. And so I'm glad to hear that you guys are interested because you guys are really, it's like your level of participation is really what's going to drive it. I can show up to everything, but it's not going to be good.
0: Definitely,
2: definitely. Um, I think you guys are on spot where I gave you a task.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember I think you gave me one, like when, when you were, uh. Back like around when we were doing that, that happy hour, we were like, yeah, like I'm definitely looking forward to you to like, you know, I'm volunto- telling you pretty much that, you know, you're gonna be your, I was like, all right, well, I guess keep that's gonna work.
2: work you <laughs> <know>? <laughs> way, keep it sustainable. You know, otherwise yeah. you have an organization and you have a great program when you have certain people there, but then as soon as those people transition into something else, then the program dies off. We see that happen at the student chapters all the time. Yeah. You yeah. have a set of great leaders and Cap is very vibrant and then they graduate, right? And then the next the next group of leaders maybe aren't as good for whatever reason. The participation in a result. You ain't gotta tell us.
1: Yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> you ain't gotta
2: tell
0: us. <laughs>
2: oh man.
0: Well for sure. Um, um, so the last thing um on this segment I want to talk about. Um, I noticed you have a lot of certifications, right? So mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested, is that something that you do for fun? Does, do you enjoy these certificate like you know going to school that education part, right? So uh, on your LinkedIn is James Young, CPA, CFA, CMA. MBA CSCA I don't even know if the CSCA is right he going for the alphabet bro <laughs> <Yeah. to go. laughs> so, so I'm interested right so you have all these you know certifications all these letters um so I definitely like you no know, I might be for that because you know mm-hmm. like I know I'm that's not you know something I'm willing to do um so I'm interested is that something that you enjoy doing it. and you just said, you you know, you're trying to be Dr. James Young in a few years. So is yeah. that something you enjoy doing? Is that something, are you uh, like looking to chase something or like what, I guess like, what is the story behind that?
2: So, yes, I am actually one of those people who just loves to learn and to read, right? Um, funny, to me, it's funny now, right? But I'm actually a high school dropout, right? I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade Hmm. And I literally used to skip school and go to the library at Rutgers, right? I'm out of Rutgers campus all day long. Right now, I'll go in and out of the library studying and everything like that. Um, so I've all even when I wasn't in school, I was always studying. Right? Hmm. I like to learn. I like to read. Um, I've read. I can't even imagine how many books I've read. I probably read like about 20 to 30 books a year, right? So that's just me. I like being in school. I like taking different classes um, and getting a credential is really a great way to learn something, right? And then you get take the test because the test focuses you. You get, the, you get the material it focuses you, you have to study because once you pay for the test, at least for me, I might fail it once or twice, but I'm going, I'm going to succeed. I'm not going to start on something and then not finish it in that regard, right? Wait, I just said I dropped that out of high school. Anyway, <laughs> now, right now. So, but then what I also try to do is all of those are related in some way to things that I want to do. And so let's go through them, right? So the CPA, obviously, as a, an accountant, that's like the top of the profession that we all want to get. Right? We all want to be CPA because then I'm almost like a sovereign citizen within, you know, the accounting world. Um, and so that's you know, that was almost natural. Then the CFA is the charter financial analyst, and so that's focused on investing and finance um, and, you know, anything in the investing world in economics. I always wanted to be, when I was younger, um, I thought I would be either an investment banker or a portfolio manager. right? That's kind of what interested me in going to uh, Capital Group, right? And also going to New York and work for Arthur Anderson, those are the kind of clients that I had. And so I always thought that one day I would segue into that environment. And so when I got there, uh, capital group, you know, they said, hey, they pay for the CFA. I was like, well, if it'll help me to achieve that goal, I'm gonna go, ahead and go for it. Right. Um and so I got it. It took some time. You know, the first few years I didn't, you know, mess with it all. But then eventually one day I said, you know what, I got my MBA. I'm gonna go, ahead, I'm gonna start the CFA. I'm always talking about something to go ahead and do it. Right. Now. And then once I started, I was gonna finish it, even though I never got to use it on the assumption that even if I don't use it at Capital, one day I'll be able to use it. You know, somewhere else, um, and it turned out to be true because here with what I do now, um, you know, you have to get certain series licenses to you know sell securities and advise do financial planning and all that other kind of stuff. And so, I came to a realization last fall when I was speaking to um, Mr. Leonard Parson, who's actually a president of this company, that um, we were talking about the series licenses and things like that, and I came across I was preparing for to take those, and I came across a rule that said if you have the CFA in Virginia, you don't have to do those serious licenses, those exams. It's automatically exempted from it. You just have to go ahead and uh, register. So we ran that past compliance, and they're like, "Yeah, you're you're good to go, right?" And so that kind of helped me segue. So even though know, I had it for all those years and didn't know if I'd ever get to use it, it was useful to me. So I'm glad I got it and had it in my, you know, in my um, back pocket. Um, then the CMA which is a certified management accountant. It's like the, the non-public version of the CPA, like CPAs for public accountants and certified management accounts for accounts for that work just for one company, say, rather than work for the clients. Um, that was actually something that I got into, I guess because it was there, <laughs> you know, and it was like, just I, I wanted to go and learn all the material, and so I did that. Um, and then the MBA you was know, just something that, you know, when you go back and want to get a master's degree, I didn't want to get a master's in accounting at the time because I said, I'll never use it. I have like a four year accounting degree. I have all this experience in accounting. I have a CPA. Why do I need a master's in accounting? And so, but instead the MBA, you know, it helps you move up the management train, you know, run companies and things like that. And it gives you a much wider, um, uh, much wider field of learning. And so I, I took that instead and that's been helpful too, because really I was able to get into teaching because I have the MBA, because you have to have a master's degree. And the thing, and then there's the CSCA, which is Certified in Strategy and Competitive Analysis. And that is something that's done by the Institute of Management Accountants and the same people that do the CMA. So it's kind of like a follow-on credential for that. And it's all about uh, strategic planning and implementing strategic plans, right? And so all of those things actually have a lot of overlap in them, but there's also a difference, you know, to each one of them. And do I need them all? Need is kind of, you know, subjective, right? But I can honestly say I use them all where I am right now today in this job for my clients. And so I offer my services to my clients. I'm not, When someone comes in, I have a client that I'm meeting for the first time or maybe even meeting another time. I'm talking to them, not just as an accountant, but I'm talking to them, you know, from the financial aspect, you know, I'm talking to them as their business advisor, you know, if they have, I was talking to a young lady a couple of weeks ago and she was asking me some questions that had nothing to do with accounting. And I was able to, you know, give her a good, good and take, a give and take because you know, I, I know what she's talking about. I have some insight to give her because of some of the other things that I have. And so I think all those credentials have helped make me a much more rounded though Probably my main drive in getting them was more for just my enhancement. I'm actually working on one right now, which is a certificate in performance management, which is from the CFA Institute. And what that is all about is evaluating and picking investment managers and choosing uh, which manager you want to go with and deciphering why different investments perform the way they do. So we all know you can look at a mutual fund, and mutual fund's going to say, you know, this mutual fund went up 10%, this mutual fund went up 11%, and S&P 500 went up, you know, 9%. Well, this certification is all about evaluating why the difference, why the differences between the two, what drove the manager was lucky or was it because he invested more in this type of security and things like that. And so I may not get to be a portfolio manager, even though I guess I am, because I actually have a couple of clients that I invest their money for. I guess I am a portfolio manager, just not for the big you know mutual funds that I envisioned that would be for. But um I'll be skilled in hiring and firing them which I guess is kind of what I do because as, I, as, I, as I'm managing my client's money, I'm picking between funds, right? Yeah. So, you God. know, there's a lot of initials there. So you should have known that I was going to take a long time today. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, no, no worries. <laughs> because again, like I, I haven't heard the story behind um, all of them. So uh that's good to to learn about the different, you know, the different tracks, <clears throat> the different tracks.
2: Yeah. And like um, we talked about earlier, I have a plan to keep on going. So yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um you said doctor. You say you're working on another ma- master's on accounting now and yep. you're working on that doctor. So all power to you, man. Like um, I definitely, I definitely admire that. Um, because that's not something you see every day, you know. That's not something that um you know you, you see all the time.
2: I'm gonna tell my wife that you you got, got my you approve even she's a little got you, got you.
0: So on that note, um, we'll segue into the second segment. Eden, do you have that quote for us? Uh, okay, I hope I didn't use this before.
1: Um, the quote is, pay attention or pay for people's mistakes. Ooh, no, you didn't use that before. Uh, Say it one uh, more time. Pay attention or pay for people's mistakes. Mm. Any hints? Uh, song lyric. Um, oh, The 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 performers from Brooklyn. I
0: don't know.
2: Jay Z. Really? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> no. That sounds it like seems a good something career. deep enough that he would say that he would. Yeah, right. That's a, a line. Um, I don't know. Is he alive? Sure. Yeah, he's
0: alive. Yeah, he's Um, 25. You said
1: what? I said he's 25. Joey? Oh, yeah, he's alive. No.
0: Not Joey? Close. Um, That's a little unfair. Man. Close, close, close. Nick, caution? No. I don't know. Kirk Knight. Kirk Knight. Kirk Knight. Close, 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 close. 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 Can you say one more time? Uh, the quote is pay attention or pay for people's mistakes. Pay attention or pay for people's mistakes. The first thing that the first thing that um comes into my head that there's a video of uh it's an old speech by uh Luis Farrakhan, and he's saying, like, you know, when you see others, he's like, when you see others fall, or when you see your brother fall, don't laugh, learn. Look at the cat. Right. Shout out to Yay. But um yeah, so like he says, like when you see your brother fall, don't laugh, learn. Um to the fact that if he was like, cause the same temptations that um make them fall, you're not, you know, uh you're not free from those temptations as well. Something, something to that point. Um, so that's kind of like the the first thing that kind of comes to my head. Like, you know, it's not necessarily um a lot of people kind of feel like, oh, like let me make my own mistakes. Um, and I feel like that works in some instances where it's like, all right, you need to have that experience, but there's also times where it's like, you can learn from someone else's mistake and like, you don't have to do those same things that, that they did. Like, if you clearly see, you know, they did a certain, they went down a certain path or they did something that like didn't work out, like you don't have to go and do the same thing. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the first thing that came to my head. I think, um, um, I don't, I feel like I came up with this quote because I
1: told myself it um, before <laughs> I even like heard it anywhere else as a young kid. But um, I put my own twist on my, my mom and my dad used to keep saying, um, uh, what was it? A smart man learns from history, but a wise man learns from from others. Hmm. So in the sense that, you know, if if someone's gonna learn from, you know, history or their mistakes, right? I'm just gonna learn from what they did and then I'm just gonna, you know, avoid that. So if someone hits a pothole in front of you swerving the other way or something, yeah. So that's just how I, I view the quote, which is you know, it's kind of the same thing.
2: So yeah. yeah I, I guess I for me it must be the accounting, the, the accounting training to me, the auditor, because what I what I heard you say was pay attention or pay for others' mistakes. Ooh. And so I'm thinking like if I if I'm not watching what somebody's doing, they're gonna rip me off or they're gonna do something wrong. Mm. Right. And so I'm thinking, um, like if I have a young person working for me or something like that or supporting and you know, I'm not paying attention to what they're doing, then they make a mistake, I'm gonna suffer consequences because I'm supervising me, Right. Or if I'm doing business with somebody and they're giving me a proposal or something like that, and I don't necessarily look at it as closely as I should, that and there's something wrong with it that I should have caught, then it's going to blow up. Mm. And I mean, I give you some examples from my performance reviews that wouldn't be applicable to this quote. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that added there for now, you know, but that's how I, I kind of saw it. Like, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss something that could have an impact.
0: Oh, definitely perspective, right?
1: Yeah, that's it definitely different perspective he actually got literally pay which is kind of yeah kind of funny
0: definitely definitely uh all right so if you could uh say the quote one last time and say who it's by and then we'll go into our final segment so the quote is pay attention
1: or pay for people's mistakes by kirk knight uh from the song
2: last choir got it got it all right, so- is, is, is he a rapper? I just assume he's a rapper. Yeah, he's a rapper, yeah. yeah. Do they have like regular singers that come from Brooklyn?
0: I can't name any off <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think, I don't know. Well, um,
2: Mary J. is Mary, Blige, Mary J. Blige from Brooklyn? Or she from Queens? I, I, I can hit Google real quick for you. To the Googles. <laughs> so oh, I just, just forget that i mentioned her you can edit that part out because my wife is probably hearing me talk, tired of hearing me talk about mary j block <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah they don't he's from the that. bronx She's in the bronx oh. okay
0: from the bronx close close yeah close all right so um for our final segment um i kind of want to talk a little bit more about um business uh your personal business um and kind of about taxes so kind of like, like now that i'm just thinking about it tax season is coming up uh, or it is now right so like you know um all that paperwork is starting to come into the mail um and i'm starting to think about a video i saw on instagram um thinking about what, happened? what happened? and what oh instagram it's- Uh-huh. Come on. You're not that old. (laughs) Right. So I saw a video on Instagram that was um kind of like highlighting the different like tax benefits between um, you know, like LLCs, you know, C Corp, S Corp. Um, so I don't know, I don't necessarily want to put you on the spot. But mm. if you have um, any, you know, tax advice that you can kind of give, because I know I definitely like in our generation, you know, you see a lot of, um, at least for us, like I'll see a lot of posts like, oh, create an LLC, create an LLC, this is how you file the tax. But I feel like a lot of people yeah. say just create an LLC, but don't necessarily give you the details on how exactly those work when it comes to filing and things like that. So right. kind of give some um, any advice or any tips you can have or you have. Um, with like filing like LLCs, maybe like, you know, sole proprietor. I know you say you have a DBA. Um, so I know it's it's a lot, but any advice that you can give, maybe most important advice you can give, especially with tax season coming up.
2: Yeah, so it's hard for that question, right? It's hard to give, um, And I answered that question to other, um, other venues as well, right? Yeah. And I, the answer is it depends, right? Getting an LLC is a good thing to do right? Because it helps you with liability.
1: Hmm.
2: And so a limited liability company, that's what an LLC is. It protects you. If your business fails, you will not, you will be less likely to lose your personal assets because of it, right? So let's say you you guys are working at LLC and you run up some bills and then you, the LLC can't afford to pay its bills. And so Go out of business, and you leave you leave some creditors unpaid. An LLC will help you, so they can't necessarily come after your house and stuff like that. Now that's a general rule. I'm not gonna get say it applies to every situation, obviously, because some of the letters like there's no JD behind my name, right? <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. But in general, that's yeah. what an LLC does. Shit. Yeah, yeah, right. I've actually <laughs> thought, about it. I've thought about it. But as I've gotten older, the ability to get the money back that you got to invest in it is, is not there. <laughs> um, I'd have to work pro bono almost, right? But uh, people misunderstand thinking that just getting an LLC helps you on your taxes, it doesn't. <laughs> An LLC, depending on how the LLC is structured, you have options to be treated certain ways. Um, But let's say you're an individual working and you're the only owner of the LLC. It doesn't do anything to your tax situation versus you not having the LLC. You're in the exact same situation. Mm. And so that I would say a lot of times people don't understand what an LLC does for you, right? That's one thing. but then, in the context of all the other ways to organize your business, it that's where it, it depends comes in, because in some instances, depending upon your personal situations, it may be better for you to be a It might be better for you to be an LLC. It might be better for you to go ahead and get a corporation, right? A corporation. But unless you take and sit down and think about what your plans are, what your probable outcomes are in the near future. It's not really proper for someone to advise you to do one of those things versus the other. There's some ways, you know, that you can save taxes if you do one thing versus another. If you, get, some cases, if you're an S corp, you can save on self-employment taxes, but there's rules around that. Everybody, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, sometimes, if you go get a corporation, especially now, because now is a very interesting time where corporate tax rates are lower than the highest individual tax rates. And until the Trump uh, law in 2017, that wasn't the case. So there's some interesting probabilities with that now, but that's likely to change. And so you have to take all of that into consideration before you sit here and say, um, for any individual do one thing or the other. And so that's why absent a conversation, um, like I can give a class on it, you know what I mean, what the differences are, but in this shortened environment, you know, I wouldn't want to get too much into the details because somebody might hear something and say, "Oh, yeah, that's what James said, so I'm going to do that." <laughs> but there's just too many variables, you know, that impact that that's around. Me. And I see too many people doing things that are not yes. You know, they think it's right, but it's not necessarily the best. So I kind of shy away from getting that. Got it. Got but
1: it. I actually yeah. never knew that if you're the only like said owner or worker of said LLC, that doesn't do anything, and that's actually something yeah, they
0: don't really tell know. you. Yeah, because at, le- at least I know I hear a lot like, oh, if you have an LLC, you can write off all those like business. E-. Like, I guess one of the benefits is like you can write those business, write off those business expenses, um, you know, so you know lowers your your tax bill or like you know when you have an LLC, um, um yeah, pretty much like I guess like the like the profit or loss can be like applied to your like your personal tax statement. So I yeah, feel like th-
2: without being an LLC, you get that same function. Um, I think what people are trying to do in that context when they say that, what they're trying to say is you should be paid, try to get paid as a contractor, mm. right? And so if you get paid, as a, in, the, in the environment that we're in now, employees can write off nothing, practically, right? And there's exceptions everywhere, but practically nothing. And so think about it, you're working from home. You can't write that off because you're an employee. But if you were a, a contractor, you're a, uh, you're a sole proprietor, you're a business, and so you can write all that stuff off. If American Funds was uh, whoever was paying you, right, then you can write all that stuff off. Um, but if you're an employee, you can't. I think when people in that context say, oh, become an LLC, I think what they're really saying is, if you're an LLC, you can make a better case that you're an individual business person versus being an employee, but you don't have to be an LLC to be a contractor. Being a contractor is really a function of the job that they have you in in a situation, which is a whole nother half an hour uh, conversation. Um, but that would be what, is what they're going after. And so that's really what my advice is to people that are considering those kind of things make sure that you understand what you're doing, the rules that are governed by what you're trying to do, and also what the true benefits and um, you know disadvantages are. You know, a lot of times people misunderstand what they're. Got it. Yeah, we actually, maybe
0: we might have to do a class breaking that down. I think that would actually be very, very beneficial. Yeah, There's a,
2: there's a lot to talk about in that area. Yeah, maybe. I'll- here in Virginia, they just actually uh, strip um, tighten up the law a bit because whether or not, like some people think it's interchangeable, like the, the uh, employer can decide if somebody is a contractor or an employee and just pay them a certain way. What the law actually says is you have to judge by your circumstances. And so the employer can change the circumstances, but they can't just make an arbitrary decision. And in Virginia, they just made that a little bit more critical because now they are going to start applying fines for people that are calling people contractors that are really employees. Got it. So if you're a contractor,
0: wouldn't that I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not too well versed in that, but I'm assuming wouldn't that be, wouldn't you wouldn't that be up to yourself? Or, would, or again? Are you saying that that would depend on the type
2: of work that you do? Yeah, you can't just say, "Oh, I'm I'm a contractor." Like if you're really an employee, um, there's a there's an actual fact pattern that has to be evaluated. Now again, just like the employer has certain you know things that they can influence, so can you. Yeah. If you come in and, and you know it's hard it's hard to make someone be an employee that doesn't want to be an employee, right? Because one of the things that uh, that decides if they're employees how much control they have. Right. For instance, if your employer can tell you what time to come to work and what time to leave, you're an employee, mm. right? Um, but if that's just one factor, there are many factors, right? Um, but if you can just come and go as you please, okay. you're a contract. Okay. So that's like one of the things that I'm like when you're talking about Uber and uh, and Lyft out in California trying to make them or trying to make them employees, right? But if you're an Uber driver, you look at your phone and you see, oh, they got some work, they're trying to get, somebody needs a ride, you know, to such and such a place. An employee has got to go get that guy. A contractor will look at his phone and say, oh, somebody got a ride, it's only $10, where's my other beer, I ain't going to get that. <laughs> employee, do you know, that can do that. Yeah. Like, a contractor can do that. So that's something you can, they can influence in their negotiations before you start the engagement, but once you're in it, you're in it. You know this is that's just one factor you know and there's many ways to look at it but you as a you as a yourself can't you can go and say hey i want to get hired i want to be a contractor but there's you have to act like one got it got it okay like,
0: so um i guess for the sake of time because now you know you just got me thinking right so it we can't, you know. You said it's gonna to take too long to kind of get in depth of each one, but would you be able to, I guess, like list off the different? If someone wants to start a business, right? I think this might be um, educational, right? If people, if you could list off, I guess, the different type of structures um, sure. that uh, you can, you can list, uh, you can structure your business as.
2: Okay, so you can be a um, sole proprietor, which means basically you just, you're just you. You go out, you start your business. All you need to do to be a sole proprietor is say, "Hey, I'm in business." You're a sole proprietor, right? Um, you can go then be an LLC. To be a single member LLC in most states, you just go register online. It costs you uh, $100, $200 in your LLC. Um, you can go into business with other people, right? And so going into business with other people, you're either going to be a partnership, right? Or you could be a single member, I mean, a multiple member LLC. Um, multiple member LLCs, most of them are just simply tax-like partners but you, have to, you can be a partnership without registering but to be a multi-member llc again you have to go through their process of registering um then you get into um, the more stricter corporate forms where you can be an s corp so an s corp kind of has some aspects of a partnership and some aspects of a corporation it's, it's called sub subchapter s of the irs code and is limited to certain people, certain types of people, certain number of people. So it's almost like they're just trying to give uh, smaller corporations the pass-through benefits of being a partnership, right? Um, And then there's a corporation. You can be a single owner corporation. You can be a corporation, you know, like that's owned by millions of people, Um, but you have to go through and set it up. And when you set it up, basically what you're doing is you're creating an independent entity that is a legal person, all of its own. Mm -hmm. And so you own it or whoever else owns it with you, but then it's like a separate person. So that gives you even more um, protection, you know, for as an owner, but it also comes with the double taxation issue where the corporation files a tax return and gets taxed on its income. And then when it pays out income to the owners, it gets, they get taxed. Whereas if you're a partnership or a sole proprietorship, single member LLC, um, then the, the income flows through those organizations and basically gets taxed on your tax return. And so those are the, the main differences and the main forms. Uh, there are a few others in that that are similar LLCs and partnerships that most people will not, you know, have to deal with, uh, mostly like pre-
0: Got it, got it. Okay. So we have sole proprietor LLC. Um so partnerships, part, S escorts, S Corps, and corporations. All right. So we got we got a mini class
2: yeah. <laughs> class going on.
0: <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe we'll, we'll talk about it after, but maybe we could do like a, like a mini series or something like going through that. I think that would be, um, definitely be beneficial. We actually, we do have a tax professional, um, in a few weeks, who's going to be on our podcast too. So, um, I think it's good to get that information, um, get that information out there. Um, so uh, your personal tax business, right? If we could talk about that a little bit. Um, how did you start that? When did you start that? And if you could kind of like speak, speak to that.
2: Sure. So basically a few years ago, I started what we would all call the game. And it started just because someone that I know asked me to help them set up their QuickBooks. And so I did that. And then he was like, well, I was thinking as I like, cause I always said I would set up a company one day. It was always a you know a goal of mine to you know be a partner in a CPA firm and all that kind of stuff. And so when I started doing that, I was like, oh, maybe I can start, you know, doing and, you know, doing stuff on the side. And the guy said to me, he said, Well, you'll send me an invoice, right? I was like, Yeah, I'll send you an invoice. I guess I got a company. He was like, Well, I'll be your first client, you know, and he's still my client. Um, and so I started just doing taxes on the side, but eventually hoping to grow into something different. And I actually now have it it's still in, in operation. It's a, a like a full service CPA firm. So we have a firm license that we can do audits um, and reviews and compilations. A lot of people don't know, and I see a lot, a lot of people abusing it, in order to do audit work attestation work in Virginia, you have to have not just a CPA license, but you have to have a firm license, a firm CPA license. And a lot of people don't have that because they, you know, they don't want to go through peer review or maybe they can't do it, um, but we can do that. And so with that, that gives us here a CLP, we have between the two entities, we have the ability to do anything that any CPA firm can do as long as it's within our capabilities. What I mean by that is we can't do work that we're not knowledgeable enough to do. We have to know the industry. We have to be be able to complete the task. But legally, there's not anything that we can't do that a larger CPA firm can do. Um, And then in addition to that, we have the financial advising side and all that as well. And so that business now has been open for, uh, I guess probably about four or five years now. And it's just rebranding now as CLP, Audit and Assurance Company. Legal leader name is JYE Financial Accounting Solutions, which is almost as long as all that stuff you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, right? <laughs> um, but it'll be around for a long time. In fact, we're doing more work with that now than what we're doing than we were. Doing. So my capacity was limited, um, but now because of the larger marketing structure that we're in, um, I can do a lot more. Work. Got God. it.
0: Definitely, definitely. So. Um... I guess, I guess my last, last question now is how do you manage to do it all, right? So, mm-hmm. we, so we talked, we talked about, right? You have all your certifications, right? Um, yeah, active. Um, also, you're also, uh, you still teach classes at TCC?
2: Yep. I'm right? so- associate professor of business at Tywood Community College. I'm teaching three classes this semester, but um, they're online, you know, so not as enjoyable, but, you know, it's there.
0: Yeah, so that that's still you know a lot though, right? So that's the professor, business owner, full time employee, um, and I'm sure there's you know stuff that you do that we haven't mentioned. So um, how do you how do you manage to do it all? I guess like what keeps you going?
2: Um, I guess two things. One is the desire to do it, right? It's passion, and really, I'm I'm enjoying myself more than I've enjoyed myself in a very very long time. In the, work, <laughs> the work environment. You know? And so i enjoy the things that i'm doing that doesn't mean i enjoy every individual aspect of it there are some days when i'm like "Oh my god i can't believe i gotta do this i don't want to do this but as far as the whole process i'm not doing anything that i didn't happily choose to do right um but i work a lot of hours i mean that's undeniable you know i probably work more hours than i want to work um but you know eventually i think i'll slow down a little bit this is what kind of happened to me and I, tell me if I'm where we're at at time, right? But this is kind of what happened to me. When I got to be about 40, after all the joking about getting old is over, right? You start to think about, at least I did, the things that I want to do in my life and what I want to be remembered for um, having done. And I, then I started thinking, well, there are a lot of things I haven't done. At the time I was just somebody's employee and it was, it's not a bad career. I mean, I was doing okay um I was financially sound right there were things that I just hadn't done and so I said to myself I said I spent all this time learning stuff and now all the things that I want to do are about using that knowledge in different ways and so I set out to do them you know and so I started adding on things you know that I wanted to do and to be honest sometimes you add something on it's supposed to be temporary and then you kind of get stuck in it you know. Um, you do have to learn how to say no, because there are things that I want to do that I can't afford to do. Um, but you start picking and choosing because I can't add on other things. And I'm hoping that as I move through, I'll get faster and better at doing certain things um, with the with the job, you know, build it up big enough and I can you know, it'll be more self-sustaining. It doesn't require me to stay here, um, you know, late at night or whatever it is. And so, hopefully, it's a temporary thing. But my plan is, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm 51 now. I'm willing to sacrifice some like 60, in order to build something that's sustainable. So that way, when I get to be about 60, then it'll be almost on autopilot, or at least I'm just managing, and I can kind of slow down a little bit myself and just do things I want to do, or really want to do. And you know, but it's going to take some. It's going to take some sacrifice, and that's just a reality. Like if you read biographies of people that are successful I'm like i mean they didn't get that way by working nine to five for most part, you know people that are successful in like 10 to work 10 to 12 hours a day for a significant period of time and so if you want to be successful that's what you got to do and so i still have things that i'm trying to be successful that i tell my wife when i get up in the morning i'm going to nurture my empire that's what i tell her all the time and that's what i really need you know, i'm trying to build something and so that way when i'm you know closer to retirement i'll never be full fully retired that's not my plan that's what somebody else right Because as soon as i retire i'll find something else to do mm-hmm. right um but you know the plan is to work really really hard for the next 10 years and then kind of coast until i drop it somewhere people go, you know talk in the middle of a speech i don't know
1: <laughs>
2: for sure for sure no i think that's amazing that
0: kind of reminds me we had um one uh we had a uh, couple months ago now um she was actually our nabla faculty advisor uh professor denise miller um and somewhat similar story like she's i don't want to give out her age but you know she's she's up there and she's still going strong you know like yeah like you know teaching classes writing books taking leadership courses and i was like professor like how do you like what keeps you still going and it was a similar response she was like there's just things that you know, I want to do, and it's just never too late to start, and it's never too late to keep going, um, and I think that's that's definitely inspiring, especially for, like, um, you know, I think our generation, um, I was watching a video from Gary V, so I watch him a lot, and he he always goes off saying how, like, there's, a, like, a lot of pressure for, like, people our age to kind of, like, have it all figured out now, like, after college, you have to have it all figured out, like, you have to know what you want to do or know what you have to do. And he's like, that's like simply impossible. Like you haven't experienced or done enough things for you to sit here and expect to know what you want to do for the rest of your life or have it all figured out, um, you know, at 19, 20, you know, early 20s or whatever. Yeah, it, it's a hard, it's
2: hard. Um, you know, like for instance, I tell not telling people this, but I'm a little bit disappointed in myself because I thought by now I'd be president, you know? <laughs> um, I literally, when I was your, when I was like in my late teens, early 20s, I literally thought that I would be the, the country first black right? <laughs> But instead they went with some other mulatto so i had to you know accept that it wasn't me but um you know for what we will because you know some of us older people we talk about you know how oh, young older people always talk about older, younger people young people always talk about older people right and so there are some things we see about like your generation um that are good and some are bad right some of you guys we give you credit because some of you guys just go out there and you get an idea and you just go do it right there's no hesitancy <laughs> you know about it at all um but what we're trying to do, and this is one of the focuses of our business, is to reach out to um, younger entrepreneurs and try to help guide them, right? Because a lot of times when you're at that age, you think you know it all right, Sometimes, you know, see I'm throwing shade on younger people, right? You think you know it all, you have a good idea, and you can get into business. But what we like to point out is you have to have a certain skill set also to stay in business. Mm-hmm. And we see that now with the um, pandemic that we're in, you, you, it takes skills. It takes wisdom and foresight also, because I like to say that this uh, pandemic wasn't unforeseen. We knew it was coming. We just didn't know when it was coming, and we didn't know what it was going to look like. We've had pandemics all throughout human history, and we're going to keep having pandemics. We knew this was coming, um, but did it, how many people prepared for it? There were some people that were extremely prepared for it, and all they had to do, was put their plan into effect. But then there's other people who had good times before the pandemic, but they didn't squirrel away anything. And now they're just as broke as somebody who never had any success. Hmm. So that's something that we're trying to focus on is to get people to be more deliberate about how they do their business and get more into planning and things like that. But again, that's a, probably another whole other episode. Got it, got it. No, I think that
0: that's definitely that's definitely important. Definitely. Yeah, I
2: just posted something. If you got one more minute. Say Do I have one more minute? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for oh. sure. I just posted something right before we came on here. Um, it was just something I was thinking about. Um it was a quote by Meek Mill on one of his songs, right? It says a boss is someone is one who's gonna guarantee we eat. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about that in terms of management, because a lot of times I think When you're in business, you know, especially when you're kind of new to being in business, it's all about self to a certain extent, right? But the point of it was what I posted was uh, do people think about the impact that their business has on other people, their employers, I mean, their employees, their suppliers, and things like that? Because they're not just the only ones. Like, if you're a business person and you got a couple employees and you're doing what you need to do to survive, what are you doing to help them survive too? you think about it, that's what a boss is. You can't just make decisions that are gonna help you. You have to make decisions that are gonna help everybody. Um, now, I'm not saying you have this totally to totally you know, subvert your interest to theirs, but you have to at least think about it and to me, you operate in a sustainable way. And so that's just something that you know just came to me and I was thinking about, it. and um, I decided to post something on LinkedIn about it. So you are maybe the first CPA to ever quote Meek Mill <laughs> maybe somebody got you before me um no nah,
0: i think that's definitely that's definitely something something yeah. good to end and end off of end off on um but man on that note james young thank you very much for taking your time out this evening um sharing a lot of wisdom wisdom information for real and yo for real um i definitely learned a Thanks lot notes um, we, we just may have to like do a mini series, maybe on some tax and maybe on some, you know, other information. Cause I think there's a lot, um, we could give back regarding that um so we'll we'll be reaching out but yeah and thank you you know for reaching out for being on the podcast too we always always and it it was crazy because i was literally thinking like the the week you reached out i was thinking to myself i was like i haven't spoken to james in a while and i want to get him on the podcast and i was like kind of just like being lazy and then like i just saw the message on linkedin and i was like oh look at that so
2: interesting (laughs) about uh personal growth because A year ago, I would have been petrified to do this. (laughs) And I'm like, "Eh, I don't know, I want to do that. But, you know, we're all getting better in the virtual world. And I've done so many different things, you know, uh, now online, I'm a little bit more confident in doing it. Um, But, yeah, it would have been a total different. I know we talked about it more than a year ago. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I was like, Yeah, I, I'll do that. I'll do that. But i was shaking in my boots. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's just in a year. That's personal growth, right? Yeah. So it just shows you can always change if you set out to change it ain't something you hate. You can learn to at least tolerate it and do it competently. I assume I did this competently. You know, no, I, definitely
0: not. You did an amazing job. You job. job. Exactly. You're, you're, you're a professor, right? So like, you already have the you already have those skills. So, right. um, yeah, for sure. So again, thank, well, thank you very you for much. Asking. Thank you. Thank you for for dropping those gems. Um, For everybody listening, um, make sure, again, you like, subscribe, share. Share with your friends. Uh, Follow us on all social media. Instagram, everybodyeats.pod. Um, Twitter EBE pod and James if people want to connect with you I know you have a LinkedIn but if people want to connect with you learn more
2: um where are some ways that people can
0: learn more about you your company and and stuff
2: sure thanks for asking that um so we have I'll give you our phone number first 757-366-5242 it says 366-5242 um we're located just speak Virginia off of Battlefield Boulevard but we can deal with accounting issues from all over Um, And investment advisory issues we can deal with from a limited number of states. So if you're in that kind of stuff, just let me know. Um, But our our website is www.clpfinancial.com. And my email is jyung, J-Y-O-U-N-G, at clpfinancial.com. And I'd be glad to hear from anybody.
0: Perfect, perfect. All right, so you guys heard it um you know you guys feel free to reach out um and yeah on that note thank you very much and we'll see you guys next week